Section 1 of Shakespeare and Music. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. Shakespeare and Music by Christopher Wilson. Section 1 Christopher Wilson, a memoir. Reprinted by kind permission of the editor from the Musical Times of April 1, 1919. When Christopher Wilson published his master song, Come Away Death, in 1901, the Times said of it that it was all that such a song should be, fantastic yet deeply pathetic, and as musicianly as a work by a Mendelssohn scholar ought to be. The words italicized remain true of all that this gifted composer left us, and the pity of it is that for various reasons, some of which will appear in the present notice, so little of his work has been printed. Chris Wilson, as he was known to hosts of friends in Bohemian circles, was born at Melbourne, in Derbyshire, on October 7, 1874. He came of musical stock on both sides. Many stories, based on undoubted fact, are current as to the boy's proficiency on the pianoforte even before he reached his teens, and while at Darby School, where his headmaster was J. R. Sterndale Bennett, a son of the composer, he played for the Eleven, a somewhat rare combination of talents. There was never a doubt as to young Christopher's future calling, and his brilliant career at the Academy more than fulfilled his early promise. He carried off no fewer than three bronze medals and three silver medals, and was at the end of his third year awarded three certificates for the pianoforte, harmony, and sight-singing. He also gained the Agnes Zimmerman Prize. Wilson received every encouragement from the principal, Sir Alexander Mackenzie, while his professors for harmony and composition, pianoforte and viola, his second subject, were Mr. Frank Davenport, his uncle, Mr. Oscar Berenger, and Mr. Whalen, respectively. No one was surprised when he capped all his previous successes by carrying off the Mendelssohn Scholarship in 1895. He went abroad, as winners of the British Prix de Rome usually do, and studied under Wulner at Cologne, von Herzogenberg at Berlin, and Vidor at Paris. His gifts were appreciated by his foreign teachers as they had been at home. The beautiful suite for strings since 1901, published by Schott, was performed at Cologne at one of the principal concerts, a compliment that had only been paid to one young Englishman before him, Arthur Sullivan. Moreover, he was selected by Volner to coach a tenor at the opera in the part of Tristan, no small distinction. There can be no question that Wilson brought back to England one great asset. He had heard all the great operas over and over again, and it was as a composer and conductor for the theatre that he was destined to make his mark. His sense of the stage and of atmosphere, and his love for everything relating to the theatre, were remarkably keen, so his success in this sphere was not surprising. His gifts were quickly recognized by Sir Frank Benson, Mr. Oscar Ashe, Miss Ellen Terry, Mr. and Mrs. Fred Terry, Mr. Otho Stewart, Mr. Waller, and others. For the first two named he acted as musical director for well over ten years. Apart from the numerous Shakespearean productions for which he wrote the music, his most striking successes were obtained in Kismet, The Pied Piper of Hamelin, 
and the Greek plays. In these latter he made no more use of the ancient modes than Mendelssohn had done, but the result was highly effective and true to atmosphere. Opinions are bound to differ as to the comparative merit of the music written for the Shakespeare plays. On the whole, perhaps, King Lear, Richard II, Antony and Cleopatra, Much Ado About Nothing, The Merchant of Venice, and Measure for Measure, mark his highest level of achievement. Wilson was, of course, acquainted with all the traditional music, of which he availed himself whenever he considered it suitable, the numerous gaps he filled in with unerring taste and skill. Future searchers in the British Museum catalogue may consider his output relatively small, in spite of the fact that he died in his forty-fifth year. But it should be remembered that incidental music of this kind, apart from the lyrics, mostly remains in manuscript. Nonetheless, one may rest assured that its spirit and traditions will live on, and that much of it will be handed on by successive conductors for the enjoyment of future generations. His published works include, besides those mentioned elsewhere in this memoir, settings of On the Ground, Take, O oh, Take Those Lips Away, 1906, and a duet, It Was a Lover and His Lass, 1907, Rest in Peace, Words by W. Melville, 1900, if We May Not Meet, H. Kendall, 1901, Roses for My Lady, Harold Begbie, 1903, To a Nosegay, E. Broad, 1903, There Lived a Singer, Swinburne, 1903, When Roses Blush, E. Lyle Sweet, 1904, I Bring Thee Roses, F. Staten, 1908, Ave Maria for S.A.T.B., Unaccompanied Organ Part for Rehearsal Only, 1910, Three Duets and a Song from Kismet, 1911, and a Novelette in D for the Piano, 1903. Of the unpublished works the most important are the music to a wordless play, Inconstant Pyrrho, the scenario by Sidney Dark, a second suite for strings, a mass, a pianoforte quartet, two string quartets, two violin sonatas, and a number of lyrics, including several by Shakespeare, and a fine setting of Browning's Prospice. He also wrote the music for two pageants. During the last year of his life, when his health was beginning to fail, Wilson worked much at the British Museum on a series of papers for the stage, dealing with Shakespeare and the host of composers who have set him to music. Here his knowledge and experience, if not unrivaled, were certainly unsurpassed. Of these articles, five had appeared up to the time of his death. One and two, Introductory and A Midsummer Night's Dream, October 31st and November 7th, 1918. Three and four, Macbeth, December 5th and December 27th, 1918. Five, Romeo and Juliet, February 6th, 1919. The last of the series was published eleven days before the end came suddenly, for Chris died of heart failure in the early morning of February 17th. A few hours before he fell asleep he was asked to write the music for the forthcoming production by Miss Doris Keene of this same play of Romeo and Juliet, a pathetic coincidence. Anyone anxious to form some faint idea of Chris Wilson's delightful personality, his kindness to all, his utter selflessness, his childlike simplicity of nature, and his humor, should read the two articles on his experiences as a conductor which he contributed to the stage in 1917. But it is the humbler members of his orchestras who probably know more of his goodness of heart than even his most intimate friends, and it is their testimony he would have valued most highly.
it should be added that he was a widely read man, and possessed a sound knowledge of art and of architecture. A fine tribute to his memory was paid him by his brother Savages, among whom he had spent so many happy hours, on the Saturday night of the week in which he died, when Mr. George Baker sang his Come Away Death, with an effect that will never be forgotten by those who were present. End of section 1